John Cena just gave John Stewart the AA. He has broken AJ Styles. Oh my God! And he's setting him up for the Styles Clash. Welcome into another edition of SmackDown Rebellion, presented by WrestleZone Radio and brought to you by Eric Bischoff's. IRW Network. You can go check out IRWNetwork.com where you can listen to this. Also on WrestleZone.com, go to the WZ Radio tab and all of the Twitter accounts that I now have to go through. You can go to at IRW Network on Twitter at WrestleZone.com and at Bin underscore is it been underscore Hameen? I haven't done this in the while, Ben. Oh, you haven't yes, been on the show. Ben underscore Hameen. There That's right, Infidels. <laughs> if you're having pay-per-view problems, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 co-hosts and Joe Jen is one. That's right. Back again, the old man and the young lion back ready to roll on SmackDown and roar on all of you infidels. It's been a long time coming, but that's right. Joe Jan, the good Briz, the good brother, <laughs> and the bad brother, Hacker Hameen, back on the scene, infidels. Who's more annoying, your 99 co-hosts or your wives? <laughs> oh, I can always switch wives, but I have to come back to the co-hosts. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely be pretty annoying. But uh, you were on the <laughs> you were on the breakdown for the battleground pay per view, and I just have to say it was awful, and I don't want anything else to say about it. Um, absolutely <laughs> hated it. It sucks that it was in Philly, and I, my brother was at the show, and they were all gonna have fun, and it absolutely sucked. So I don't want to get too much into that. But what I've been seeing lately, and people have been commenting. On lately, and I really want to get your thoughts on this, is usually after the match and after the show, they have these exclusive videos. And it yeah. really is just no script, no anything, just reaction. And we got this unbelievable reaction from Xavier Woods because he apparently told Kofi Kingston and Biggie before the interview that, hey, this is the first time I won the actual title, you know, in the ring and pinning somebody. And he got really emotional about it and then told that story on the exclusive video. And why don't they put that stuff on the actual show? Why does it why do they put that stuff on YouTube? Those are control freaks, man. They have to have our way, my way, when this is what I've been preaching since the beginning. When you you know I'm an improv guy, yeah. Joe Jan, and, and I say the writer's got to go almost. I mean, loosely based, yeah, so we know how to do business. But if you were to teach uh, these NXT kids how to do improv at that level, which is tap into true emotion and play it real, and then that's what all you do is say, I want your real feelings and what you wanted to do here, and even one or two takes – and you get that, how much more compelling is that? Absolutely. And the other part is playing out the game. We They cancel talking smack, but they do it after the pay-per-view, and Kevin Owens plays out the game of going after Renee, yeah. and it's one of the most hardcore heel things that he's done on the mic in a long time with Jerry Lawler as the middleman mediator, and it's from the gut, it's organic, and they believe it. And the audience believes it. When you tell a truth about yourself in a scene like that, it's undeniable. And it instantly grounds everything and draws all the focus in and, and brings everything right to the moment. And that's what those have done. And uh, they just still refuse to, to learn that that's what it takes to be on a sh- to do it on the show the whole time. And, and you'll just be riding on the edge of a lightning bolt at that point. Yeah, and unfortunately, I I've, I believe what you're saying. I kind of think that idea too is that it's too. They want to be controlling of everything and everything that's being said 
on the actual shows. Mm-hmm. But there, there's a part of me that was hoping that like maybe they just want YouTube hits or maybe they just want people to go to their YouTube page, something. But I, that it is hard to argue that that they are going to leave that good part of the show off just because for YouTube clicks. I think you're right. It's because of their control freaks. They want to be able to control everything you do, everything you say. And it leads to kind of that, kind of a washdown controlled segment instead of what we get in those exclusive video packages which is a lot of cooks in the kitchen when it comes to getting tv ready and it goes through how many filters and how many rewrites whereas a piece like that is in the moment probably with one digital producer whose job it is to produce the youtube stuff and bravo to them because they know that they've got something there that the rest of the show doesn't and you know you might throw that pebble in the pond and you might get a big big uh, ripple or it might just be something average, but when it really hits, boy, hasn't that hit home with you, Mega? Yeah, it definitely did with me, and it was funny because I think people started to notice these videos more and question, well, why isn't that on the actual show? It's the first time, and I guess because it is getting better and we're, we don't really have talking, or we don't have talking smack anymore other than the pay-per-views, so this, I guess, is kind of the outlet that we get when we just kind of get things organically. So now people are looking at that and taking notice of it and questioning, well, why the heck isn't this on the show? And it's funny you bring up that all the cooks in the kitchen, they have everybody working on the main show, but these yeah. little two-minute videos with, me, with just one interviewer, one cameraman, and one dude putting it up, editing it, and that's all it takes. That is that's literally all it, all it takes. Do you think anybody went up to Macho Man and uh, and Mean Gene and scripted the shit out of them? You know, <laughs> back in the day. No, you feel you feel like that moment that anything could happen. It could take a turn to react. If you're if you're worried about getting line six, seven, and eight out by the time you're at line two, it already seems way phony and fake. Uh, and and you know, just uh, in how I've seen some of these girls segments of like, who are you gonna face? Oh, I want to face line. No, I want to face line. Like it, they're just waiting on each other's lines for it to come out instead of being organic and being like someone going, Lana shouldn't even be in the ring. She's green. She's not, she shouldn't even be in NXT at this point. Like imagine if they were burying her for real like that and you got to see their real reactions and, and things like yeah. that. It'd mean so much more. It would. And the, that's the thing I have really been kind of harping on that it is very produce like it, it is way too manufactured that well okay one person gets a line then the next one and everybody has to say a line and the thing is they've been doing it for the past like three weeks and finally yeah. today i thought we got good action on the show and they better have done that because on monday night raw bailey and sasha banks and i know you didn't like the ending but the match itself was incredible was it was so it good me off so bad dude yeah the ending oh the ending did i well, like they're going and you could have got, got the same exact ending. Yeah, the match back and forth was excellent. Um, the, the, the timing was there, just real good wrestling. The star headlock story that broke down into the brutalization of two baby faces who really want it, smashing each other up in the corners and, and doing some innovative stuff. And then Sasha hits the frog splash on her and Bailey takes it all and then is just strong enough to roll through and roll her over on a two count and get one, two, three should have been Sasha goes for the frogs. So right there, you've just buried Eddie Guerrero. You've buried, uh, Rob Van Dam. 
you know, guys yeah. who won with it a thousand times and have conditioned your audience. Uh, the way it should have gone is you move on it. And she goes up there to try it. No water in the pool. Takes a stomach bump because Bailey rolls out of the way. Bailey's still hurting from the offense to put her down. They both feed up slowly, turn right into the Bailey to belly suplex, you know, blindly. And then that's that's the finish. Like, if it's Bailey up, you might as well get her over instead of burying again another offensive move that has been uh, a real finisher for people throughout the years and just took that whole beautiful canvas that they painted a masterpiece on and like somebody came up and wiped a booger on it at the end pretty much. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's true. It, like, that, that, that kind of cooks in the kitchen, too many cooks in the kitchen decisions. And with the guys you know are – how can Fit Finley – or Arn Anderson or somebody allow that to happen. I don't I don't understand that. Yeah, it is difficult because when we come up with these examples of well, here's how to do it, you bring up those guys and then all of a sudden it's this product I know they're now. brilliant. And yeah. and it's just like uh, you, you go through all this and how can those two girls, I mean, you're going if you're told to do a finish by your agent, you're going to go do what it, what you're told, but that whoever thinks that that was the right way to do things and bury a legit finisher, five-star frog splash just on a, on a roll through it wasn't even a momentum roll through. She just muscled her over and like, Oh, I'm not her. I'm stronger than you. Like just was absolutely abhorrent after everything they did. That was great. Yeah. And the way you laid it out, it seems like there's no benefit at all. It's not like Bailey comes no. out looking very strong. All you did was just bury a finishing move and that's it. Yeah. And, and the in psychology, that's what should really happen in the go home before the finish. Somebody misses a big move, duck one into a finish like that. And that's all you had to do was miss the frog splash because she's hit it before. And Bailey doesn't look healed. She just got out of the way desperation-wise. She's still selling. Bailey was going over anyway like she was. Let her hit her finish and go over instead of just burying everything it just made zero sense whatsoever and i think if we connect this back it's just like you said way too many cooks in the kitchen way too many people trying to think too hard about just something that could be so simple and it shows i think at the ending of that and on what battleground was battleground was just they were thinking way too hard about a bunch of things and so ambitious with everything and it just ended up being one big S show. It was awful. It was one of the yeah. worst pay-per-views I've ever seen. A lot of um, bad. The, the scene of Rusev and then so the finish of AJ and, and Steen and then the main event. I didn't mind the main event a ton. A lot of people were hot. I was hoping there was going to be a live tiger in the second cage, though. <laughs> no, <laughs> I stepped it up a level. I think they realized what they could do with that Punjabi prison, but it's still I don't think people can get past just the beginning of, of just you can't see anything. Like, they actually found out a lot to do and how to really conquer this big structure. What they did with the Singh brothers was great, and knocking Mm -hmm. him off and having him fall onto the table. They came up with great things. It's just hard to get past just this simple. The first thing that's very simple is, I just can't see it. Yeah. And so that's tough. Yeah. Well, we also got to say it was better than the first two Punjabi prison matches. Yes. No doubt. They worked the gimmick as far as that go, and they Memphis the hell out of it. Like uh, my uh, co-host said, Matt, uh, Matt Ryan, the other night. And uh, very it was good. with you them coming out from under the ring and, and all that type of stuff. So uh, it, I, I liked the match, and I could see if I was alive, I'd be hot about it. But I thought the way the camera shot it, I wasn't like, oh, I can't see anything. But I imagine if I was there live, and spent the money, you know, might, might not have been the happiest. 
That's one thing I was kind of surprised about. They didn't come up with any new camera angles or anything different because that's yeah, something in the elimination like chamber they did in there, right? Like some yeah. type of GoPro wiring through 360 around there. Or why not use? They have the turnbuckles there. Why not try and use one of those turnbuckle cameras to really get inside the the first at least structure? But yeah, it, that was interesting because I thought they would have found out a way to shoot it maybe better because they did that I think with the elimination chamber uh, when they brought that back for a SmackDown pay per view <laughs> and they used different camera angles to get the most out of that cage. Uh, but yep. they didn't do that with the Punjabi prison, and I found that um, kind of surprising because that was one of the things I thought that was going to change for that match. Um, but if you want to listen to the rest of Battleground and breaking that down, go to our breakdown after the bell special with Ben Hameen and also Matt Ryan of uh, Capital Wrestling. Capital Wrestling yeah. with a Oh, with the, the OL at the end. Of I Capital know, Wrestling. I almost spelled big shows coming <laughs> yeah. up here, so definitely follow Capital Wrestling. They got TV coming up, and if you're in the Hoboken, New Jersey area, go out and support them. Yep, Capital with an O. I almost spelled it with an A the first time, and I was like, wait, don't want Matt Ryan to kill me. Um, <laughs> but let's get to the start of the show, because this was great because it was unexpected. Nobody was really talking about it. At least nope. I didn't hear anything about it. The return of Chris Jericho and I thought because Battleground was so bad and this opening segment I think needed to be really good I just thought Chris Jericho is our savior he's back to make sure that none of that garbage happens again and he was just it's like he never left it was just as good as it was when he left after the friendship uh, festival thing he was on fire like always yeah, man, it was it was a great surprise to, for him to come back. Um, blew the doors off, and I wish it would have almost been in Philly night two. You know what I mean? Because that Philly crowd's not to not to diss out the Virginia crowds, but uh, Philly is one of the top five wrestling cities, you know, legacy wise uh, in the world, and they kind of got screwed on. Uh, on the pay-per-view and Richmond, West Virginia gets the big real wrestling night. So it's kind of interesting. Like there's a lot of pops tonight, but if it was opposite and you know, the pay-per-view was in Virginia and then Philly, you would have heard an even crazier crowd. So uh, it was good to see Jericho man comes out with all his gimmicks and, uh, and cuts off Owens who's in the suit and, uh, and you know, and then AJ comes down and they get into it. I really loved Owens sneaks out, puts the mic down, and like <laughs> casually strolls out while AJ is getting put on the list by Jericho. And then uh, Jericho stops him, just calls him a stupid idiot while he's at the top of the ramp. Out comes Shane. And, you know, we're like, oh, this is going to be a sweet triple threat for SummerSlam. And nope, it's for the main event tonight. Crowd lost its mind. It was it was a great set up to make you think oh this is what we're going to get at SummerSlam and then nope you're getting this in your main like everyone who bought a ticket for that show lost their mind yeah yes and everybody who was watching it on their television thought why the hell did we not get something like this for Battleground instead yeah, yeah, on a right. Tuesday night but yes I loved it and the Kevin Owens thing I loved because it was the way he did it because it yes. wasn't like he was going away in fear or anything because no. you that's usually what we see if they get out of the ring it's in fear and they're trying to escape quickly it was more that Kevin Owens was like I don't give a crap what you have to say I'm just gonna leave like why am I here and just yeah. 
casually walk it's his back. brilliance that's where he shines as a, as a artist in the ring man like that's where he separates himself from everyone else he he grabs a certain emotion that is usually throwaway or lackluster and just him being a jerk and being like all right you two idiots just go i'm leaving with my belt and i don't care this doesn't concern me and uh <laughs> even though it absolutely does concern him and he just tries to saunter off and not sneak off and tiptoe but uh just nonchalantly and casually walk yeah, it is where he's at its best because it's, I mean, usually everybody does the same thing and it just looks like the same way. Like, okay, we understand what they're doing here. With Kevin Owens, he's like, I literally just thought in my head, like, what the hell is he doing? Like, this isn't like, I was like, is he not supposed to be doing this? Did something go wrong? And then all of a sudden the next shot is him just walking back with his head down like, yep, don't want to be here at all. <laughs> and then Shane McMahon comes out all back in his jeans and uh, his nice shirt and saying, yeah. you know, you know what? Feel alive from not falling out of the sky in a right. helicopter. I mean, yeah, just cheating death for like the millionth time and just thinking ah, another day in the Shane McMahon life. And then back on SmackDown Live and setting up a triple threat between AJ Styles, Kevin Owens, and Chris Jericho. Do you like that this was tonight? I think after a Battleground show, I really liked that they were like, okay, we're not really going to go easy on this. Right away, setting up a triple threat between three guys I think people have a lot of interest in. So I, I liked that they kind of started off with some fireworks and even ended with some fireworks on this show. Absolutely loved it. Thought it was a great surprise and thought we were getting conditioned for the match to be at SummerSlam, which would have had people buzzing and talking. Instead, paid it off right away, for, and people forgot about that uh, cruddy finish at uh, the pay-per-view. And, you know, I just hope that... You know, wrestling fans are fickle and uh, the way they might be of like, I'm not watching SmackDown, I don't care. And then if they didn't, like their buddies are probably tweeting or texting them like, oh man, Jericho's back and it's tonight. So they probably jumped over and tuned right in on that. So uh, it was, you know, there's both sides of it. Uh, I've heard, I got my ass chewed out for not having uh, announced um, Al Snow on a show when I had Damian Sandow on there and I was booking him when he was Idle Stevens and that was like our big surprise on a student show that's a big name to have on a student show to help out mm. and Al Snow was a surprise on there and then the promoter Danny and Rip <laughs> ripped me a new one of being <laughs> like why because you know we were at like 80% capacity but they want to sell out the house like why wouldn't you advertise Al to be on there you know like the, how stupid are you he's the big draw and uh you know, it was a hard lesson learned, but I'm also a guy who was a mark for ECW at that time, and, you know, earlier than that. And Al got a huge pop as a surprise after they had already seen Idol, and that worked kind of the same way tonight. Um, tickets were sold. I mean, we might have had more of Jericho as I don't know. Who knows uh, if they were sold out tonight or not. But, you know, I, I always liked that ECW pop of like a guy leaves WCW or WWF and he could show up there, the crowd would lose its mind on that and that's what I was going for when I did it and it worked tonight when they did it yeah I think it's it's rare nowadays because I think that's the biggest complaint everybody has well the dirt sheets ruin everything they spoil everything and I didn't hear a peep about this like this oh, wasn't even a, a rumor you knew Kali was at the pay-per-view yeah exactly you knew the great Kali was there but Chris Jericho yeah just casually yeah done Fozzie I'm gonna show up real quick hey Richmond yeah. what's up and I, I just love that they it was it's so rare to have a return like that just kind of be kept very secret and just happen and everybody's surprised about it. It's very rare for that to happen. So I enjoyed it. Now this next match, I'm 
kind of interested to hear what you have to say because to an untrained eye like me, I watch Shinsuke Nakamura. Of course, I watch every SmackDown Live. And this match to me was his best. I don't know if you felt the same way. If you did, I just, I'm always curious to think just why. Like, why this match separated itself from the others compared to his first few on SmackDown Live. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, why did it separate itself? Because there's real heat. That's that's one thing. And that stepped it up a, a big amount because they kind of really slow built this with them, you know, with him getting beat up or thrown around or thrown into some, the lighting rig or whatever it was to make Baron Corbin a bully. And then their match at the pay-per-view wasn't too bad. You know, it, it was decent, but it didn't have the fire that this did and uh this match outshined that for sure so it was a step up the ladder in what we have come to hope or what we want from them you know mm-hmm. uh, but the, i just thought that the strong style was really strong tonight <laughs> the knee story was really good their knee strikes looked like wow um baron corbin actually showed some heel uh not emotion, but like ribbing, like when he did the hand thing while he was standing on him, yep. he did Shinsuke's signature stuff. And he just seemed like more of an a-hole kind of coming out of his shell a little bit more and showing more personality as a heel. And Shinsuke really had to step up to beat a giant tonight instead of before they were kind of booking him 50-50. Tonight he seemed like a smaller guy with a mission. Yeah, and I think maybe... What I never really enjoyed with Shinsuke since he's been on SmackDown Live is that it's it's just been very vanilla. It's He's getting his ass kicked, then he gets the comeback, and he does his usual moves, and we keep seeing the same thing. This one, it was a little bit different. It was a little bit more back and forth towards the end, and then we get the difference in what I like, the physicality, I think, where you were talking about, where he kicked the back of Corbin's knee, then he kneed yep. Corbin in the back of the head, and that's like, that's exactly it. Like, that's exactly what I want to see from yeah. somebody like Shinsuke. And you I got just, a big football great. player versus a martial artist, but you're not letting the martial artist do his stuff. The only time he would get his stuff in is when the guy's kind of on the ground and he's throwing big knees or Kinshasa's about to get set up and he gets knocked down. He might get his little Muay Thai strikes in, but we've seen all that from Daniel Bryan. It, it didn't seem like uh, David versus Goliath, which it needs to be a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly. Uh, but I, I just, I guess it was, it's as simple as it just w- seemed like there was more physicality. It seemed like the knees were more vicious. And got to give credit to Corbin. You're right. When he started doing the knees uh, on the ground, like those little like knee MMA strikes, I yep. love that. It was so, gr- a great so. way to think you're ripping off Shinsuke, and I hate you for that. It was just good, and I was, I was relieved because every match so far I've seen of Shinsuke on SmackDown Live, I haven't enjoyed, and I was relieved to think, okay, he does have something. He can have a good match in WWE. It's not like he's very contrived to what he likes to do. He can still work that into the way WWE wants to do things, and as a fan, I just felt kind of relieved after seeing that. And uh, I hope some people felt that way, too. You, you probably don't care. You're like, bury them all. <laughs> bury them all. Bury them all. All the strong style guys, gone. Bye. Yeah, Bye. yeah, man. I mean, uh, if it's used the right way, I'm, I'm fine with it. But don't be muddy in the waters with he's a rock star. He's not a rock star. <laughs> he just wears a Michael Jackson jacket. And <laughs> they, they run with that and beat it into the it was ground. so and- bad. 
it he was, gets over in his entrance. That's fine. But, it, dude, I want to see him be a martial artist and, a, and an ass whipper. The guy's got, you know, legit MMA experience. Don't try and muddy the waters with all this and make me believe and have to repeat. He's the rock star. No, he's not. He doesn't play any instruments. He doesn't come down to the ring to, doing that kind of stuff. You've got a rock star, and the, the guy's on Raw, and he, and he blasted Finn Balor with a guitar, which was awesome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, it, it's just too much sometimes. And again, that goes back to too many cooks in the kitchen. Just let it be what it, it is, which is he is New Japan in WWE. Let it be that. That's yeah. all it needs. To- yeah, and uh, two things. One, uh, Samson I at the Fayetteville show, as they were setting his stuff up, there was a video playing to kind of distract you, but people could still see the chair being set up and they knew who was there. And I've yeah. never heard people just boo in straight dark pitch dark when nobody's even on in the ring yet like they were booing the hell out of this guy and nothing has even started so that was really cool to see and it made me think like elias samson you're on to something there guy keep doing your thing uh but i I see money all over that guy so good so good his Um, match this week was excellent on raw yeah he was he was excellent um and yeah it's it's funny because people are uh, taking notice of him and he's in a program with uh, finn balor and people are still like taking notice of him a lot and that's really interesting yeah um, finn Bale so over that they cut the commercial twice during his match i love that tweet i was like <laughs> ben just little jabs every time little jabs yeah. uh, well but- there's another thing i was going to mention too from raw that kind of gets me not hot but it, it's whatever uh they got they like bullet club hot, is pretty hot again right with g1 and at new japan and all that i don't follow it too closely but i i know what's hot and right now you got the young bucks have their goddamn shirts in hot topic and they they're selling out right? yeah that's incredible and, and so, yeah it's incredible so why would you, you you've got bullet club guys that you wanted to get over and you blew it but they're still dressing like bullet club doing the good brother thing and doing the too sweet but they bring out Gallows and Anderson, and they're doing Nerds, which is a reference to Revenge of the Nerds 1985. Now, if you're not 40 years old or older, you're not going to get that as a kid. And plus, being a nerd is cool in 2017. <laughs> a video game nerd, an online nerd, a nerds sp- run the a sports world. radio nerd like me. Yeah, I'm, any I'm of that. Sort of cool. So, like, you're trying to get over this jocks versus nerds thing that's been dead, especially with the Be a Star campaign or whatever you want to call it. And instead, why wouldn't you give those guys a promo where you subliminally reference like, you know, that uh, the good brothers are the hottest topic in all of wrestling <laughs> right now. Like, right. Like, get over the little subtle jabs that Bullet Club and NWO is known for instead of trying to do this other bullshit on top of what is really hot like if it because kevin owens did it in the post interview he's like and you know i'm elite and he winks at the camera (laughs) (laughs) that got a really good kick out of me yeah (laughs) right that's exactly what they should be doing with those guys and i have no idea once again how things like that even them not picking up their own business i know luke gallows i worked with him when he was festus in, in ovw you know what i mean playing uh, half moron and uh, <laughs> it, it's just like i know he's smart enough to be doing that kind of stuff instead of being let me get this ogre reference in from revenge of the nerds dude like do do something about the cleaner be like we're gonna clean up the ring and it's going to be the hottest topic in all of wrestling this week like 
dude, the internet will pop and will follow you. And that's how you get Bullet Club over without calling them Bullet Club. The shit is so easy, but they make it so complicated. And it's really unfortunate because I think it goes back to your point. It seems like the theme of this podcast that there's too many cooks in the kitchen because when I listen to and I don't like giving credit to other podcasts because you should be listening to my podcast only. (laughs) But Chris Jericho's podcast, they do that talking shop thing. And Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows are the two funniest MFers I've ever listened to in a podcast. Legit had to pause it because my ribs hurt. Like I was laughing so hard at these guys and I couldn't tell who was who because they were doing Howard Finkel impressions and Stone Cold impressions. I couldn't figure out who was who, who was saying what, and it was the funniest thing I've ever heard. And those guys have a lot of personality and they're funny and I don't know why they, they don't let that loose on television. Instead, it's nerds. Like, when I know, yep. and it seems like those guys are so much better than that. And I've they heard are. them be so much better and than that's that. Them, and that's them just going, yeah, Vince, we'll do the nerds thing. Because, remember, friends of the nerds, you're big like Ogre. Get out there and do Ogre's <laughs> line. Like, how about this, dude? Let me tell you about a uh, million dollars in t-shirt sales in the last two months because of these guys doing it. And this will pop them. And you know what? Based off of that, people want to buy our shirts too so they can get all the Bullet Club shirts, right? That, mm-hmm. Like, it, I don't know how there isn't like these little sidebar meetings where this stuff is broken down for the old timers who, who aren't paying attention in the up to the minute parts of it. Or the writing staff who should who are are real hollywood nerds who don't know wrestling psychology and have bailey roll through on a finish uh (laughs) and and like it seems like they'd be picking it up there just at least but we're not getting either on either end whatsoever Uh, it's it's not right and they're losing money based on it and without calling things bullet club they could easily be alluding to the business that's going on and getting themselves over on a much higher cooler anti-establishment level by doing it and and i will say i know radio is a cheap low kind of form of entertainment but even still I'm putting on a show and early on in my career I was told that you have a really crap attention to detail and I realized that if I paid attention to details and did little things like that it made the show so much better and that's what I think it is it's just not attention it's just not attention to detail it really isn't even just little things like you're saying if you paid attention to those little details you get the the small pop and the ears perk up like oh what did he just say and then you get interest then i'm listening to everything else you say after that because you said that one little hot topic comment and that made me go from zero to 100 and think what the hell did you just say and what yeah, are you saying and you feel that? like a smart fan because you're tuned into it all you it gives you that feeling of i see what they're doing <laughs> yeah. that's smart that's smart okay but nah nerds uh, either way, it makes us nerds, at least make us feel like we're smart while you're technically yeah. calling us a nerd by us knowing that there's a Hot Topic store with Young Bucks t-shirts in it. <laughs> uh, but moving on, WWE SmackDown Women's Champion Naomi was backstage. Natty interrupts. They chit-chat for a little bit. But the one thing that I it's distracting in a good way, just the belt finally is glowing and it's glowing all the time. And I feel the glow and it's amazing. To finally have this after, so what, since April? Like, yes, the belt is glowing all the time, and I love it. Yeah, I mean, you and I haven't been on for a while, but uh, I put that over 
you know, week one that she won it, and it took them about seven weeks to get to that point. Did so. they finally listen to that podcast? They might be a little <laughs> behind on WrestleZone Radio, and they finally caught up a bit. <laughs> what are you going to do? So, yeah, no, uh, shout out Naomi. I like it, and uh, I, I like that it gives Natty a purist, uh, you know, with a hard family thing. That's her heat. You're ma- she goes, you're even making a toy out of this. Bing. Guess what's coming out for toys, kids? <laughs> I wouldn't doubt if the glow belt doesn't, isn't dropped at SummerSlam yeah, as what, a toy. What did John Cena do with that WWE championship? That spinner belt. He yeah. ruined it forever, right? So it, it's it's just it's all right there. And that those are the attention to the details when it's their thing that they want it to be, their little merch push. Um, but I like that it's the contention of heat right there. And also, this is the first time time we're getting these two in a program and uh, i think the match will be great yeah i do too i'm it's refreshing i guess to say just to see a different matchup after we've been seeing five women in the ring at this five same women in the ring at the same time to get something different is so much better Uh, but we get charlotte flair becky lynch against tamina snuka and lana and i've been hearing a lot of debate about lana and it's funny because everybody wants this woman's wrestling back. But then I see this diva come out like Lana. And I, I, this is just me being a fan and being a fan of what women's wrestling is doing now. Lana gets in there and it just is so distracting to see her. And even just me like think like, wow, she's messing up here. This doesn't look good. Like I'm losing all believability and credibility because Lana, it just looks like Lana's lost. Um, is she's that rotten. part of She's actually rotten. She's rotten. Okay, so I'm. And what I'm saying here, does it make sense? Like, is that something that's when somebody like Lana is out there and doing poorly? Like, that is a distraction to me, and it takes away yeah. everything. And it didn't just, it lower the whole WWE acumen to see her get in the ring yes. and then immediately start screaming like she's having some type of anxiety attack, and I have to get right back out when her whole thing was a to be sexy and. A half Russian and now she looks like you know somebody with uh, some disorder you know I'm, I don't want to go in on any, anybody who might have somebody in their family who's got some disorder right, but, but it's just she's just screaming her head off for no there's no direction to it she's just it's screaming the worst indie rotten thing you could be um, and I and then they bring in Tamina to do all the heavy lifting her for the finish so they can protect her to keep her out of there but I don't know how you've been on the WWE roster for, what, four or five years now? And you have been at ringside with Rusev, and you think that that's the right thing for you to do in the ring when you first get in there. Who has she seen ever do that? What is her character? A sleek Russian who's supposed to be half a spy, who's a takeoff on uh, the the wife from Rocky Four? Did you see that lady losing her mind like an idiot? In, yeah. In doing, no. You know, it's, it's just like – Maybe when that lights hits you and it's your time to be in the ring, she's just not ready and can't get it or they want to do that. But uh, it really just lowers the acumen of everybody who was in there in that match and the seriousness of it. Yes, I'm the best. I'm going to be a wrestler. And then two seconds in, she's screaming like she's having uh, a half fit. You know, it's just not good. Right. It loses the seriousness of it and it loses the credibility. Like. My friend, like I'm watching it with my friend and he's sitting there laughing because Lana messed up, clearly messed up something. And my friend just started bursting out laughing. Like yeah. that is hilarious. Like she just and everybody completely- wants to fight Lana. Like that's the big contention for the last three weeks between all the women. Like who wants to fight Lana when she looks like she's an autistic kid having a, a, a crazy fit? You know what I mean? Like uh, 
should she really needs to if you're gonna do it she needs to go to nxt and, and just train 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 because it's business exposing bad of how yes. rotten she really is and it's funny because i hear people defend it by saying well that's her whole gimmick right like no, no don't don't be the hypocrite saying you wanted women's wrestling to be good and then defend yep. lana and say well she that's her gimmick like no don't be a hypocrite don't defend that we no, want- if you're one of those fans saying that, you're a complete idiot. And uh, and pretty much everything else you say is null and void after that. Yes. That's why I love Bin Hamid on SmackDown <laughs> Rebellion and the podcast. No. Um, Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch got the win. And then Tamina looked angry at Lana. Um, yeah, like that, that took a minute in itself of like, oh, she's angry at me. I wonder why. Oh, well, you just had an autistic fit in the ring and did absolutely nothing and exposed us all to look bad. Right, and I'm just hoping, please, God, doesn't lead to a Tamina-Lana match. Like, talk about the things at the top of the list I do not want to see, and I could care less about, and that's going to be awful, it's if they do Tamina and Lana. So you say they won't, though? They may, but they should absolutely just pull the plug on it now and, uh, you know, take her off the road. Like, she needs to be at the arena two in the afternoon wrestling chain wrestling for the next from now until survivor series i would take her off the air uh and, and to, to come back at that time and then have some credibility because she shouldn't be nervous in front of the crowds as much as she's been out there uh as a side piece but the the wrestling just isn't there not even at a, a junior level like a, a year one ovw student it's just not there right and i, I think that's just being them being like, oh, she's been around. She can she can go out there. We'll just uh, hide her weaknesses in this point. But nah, it, it's in, all that screaming and chicken shit healing has got to go away. Yeah, and I, that's all she really needs is just the fundamental stuff because her character and personality is very big and can get her over as a heel. But that's all she needs to learn. The simple thing. She doesn't need to have a match like Sasha Banks and Bailey did. She doesn't need that. She just needs to have the simple fundamentals to but put she on a solid. That. She should want to she get should, to that. But I think she it, should want to be exposed every week as rotten and bring the show down where everyone goes, mm, what was the worst seg- segment on the show? No, you know what it was. But it's, oh, I guess Baron Corbin is is better than most people realize, but people think like, well, Baron Corbin has the fundamentals and he's doing well with just putting his personality over. And I think that's sort of what I want, like what I would like to see from Lana, but she doesn't even have the fundamentals yet to where I can even get to that point. It's more of a well, distraction. She's not putting and her personality rock. over even though JJ, no. she's, uh, she's not tagging in only on the, the, the heel finish to come in and try and steal a win, which she got shot down when she did that tonight. But it needs to be things like that where it's, a weird tag or, or, or I mean she's gonna have to work single she can't work tag all the time you know what I mean there's no women's tag division and they keep making these terrible six women or tag matches with business that doesn't matter to get them on TV so you know if, if she's ever gonna get there it's not gonna happen and she can't go online and like talk trash because she can't back it up either no, not at all um, it's How much I do, and look what happened with her. She got <laughs> swanton bombed <laughs> like a mother this week, man. Just instantly killed and squashed. So yeah, so. Lot, the whole lot of thing. I agree. It needs to be scrapped very quickly, yep. and I I hope it does. And I hope she gets better because I think she is does have some kind of talent, and people like to see her. But 
just if it's not good pull the plug on it get rid of it you know uh, who's you know who's doing her bit 10 times better than she is is maurice maurice has been killing it since she came back maurice oh with that whole they i'm i love how you pointed out that um bo dallas is axel rose and curtis axel axel is <laughs> dallas that it is literally i just realized like even during the house show i realized like that is it like there is no other way to say why these guys are dressing up like they were. They were literally in that room. Somebody thought, "Well, you're Dallas and you're Axel. Why don't you guys switch?" <laughs> hey, hey, funny, right? Come on, really? man. Yes. <laughs> well, I might know a little something, dude. So you might wait. Do you actually know something, Ben? No, I'm just okay. saying. I oh. just I can put myself. I've been watching this long enough. I can hear the conversations. <laughs> In my mind, I can I know what what things look like, and I notice how politics are played. It's it's just funny when something like that happens, and you think like somebody thought like somebody had to sit down, come up with this idea, and somebody thought this is genius. Brilliant. And like that's that's funny to think of that reaction of somebody thinking this is genius. This yep. this has to work, and then you see it play out, and you're like, how did anybody ever think this was good? Well, then you wow. say the, the the answer to that as well. Look good on paper. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've said that a couple times on some of my things that I wrote. <laughs> well, it happens, but like it's just yeah. funny. Like somebody had to have come up with great balls of fire and think that was great, <laughs> and somebody had to come up with Dallas and Axel switching, and that was funny. Like it's just hilarious that these ideas get through, and somebody has to think. That's, it could be as simple as it. Vince not getting their names right. Give me Dallas. No, I didn't want Dallas. I want the other Dallas. You mean Axel? Yeah, get Axel. Ben, that's <laughs> so exactly how it, it happened. It becomes like, a rib. You know what I mean? It could be any of that like, kind of stuff. Everybody could put that on the dirt sheets, and it would be 100% true because I believe, like firmly believe, that's actually how it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Vince is like, well, I get them wrong. Maybe they do. And yeah. Swing yeah. them up. And nobody but, will know who they are. <laughs> Uh, but we got WWE champion Jinder Mahal, who I am absolutely loving, and I love everybody talking crap about him because I, I, I hate him too, and I. It's just, but it's a lot of fun, and I like the presentation, and everybody's confused about it, and I love confusion. So to me, liking the thing going on with Jinder Mahal, but we get he's going to make the announcement of who he's facing at SummerSlam. Then I got something and I got furiated for like a few seconds when I hear the trumpets of hell ringing through the (laughs) arena and thinking, holy hell, we're going to get a patriotic John Cena against Jinder Mahal match. And I'm going to hate every single second of this thing because I hated the entire promo on Tuesday night. Don't get me wrong. It was great. But I think with the way the country is now, nobody's going to listen to that promo and think, you know what? John Cena's got a point. Everything is fantastic here, guys. We're all living in a great, great United States of America. I definitely want to hear a patriotic patriotic speech. That is not working right now. I don't want to see it again. Luckily, it was just John Cena come out and then Shinsuke Nakamura. Next week, we have a big match between John Cena and Shinsuke. But how did you like how this whole thing kind of went down? Yeah, I mean, I love uh, the Maharaja entrance where it's the slow burn of the carpet. I think this looks so awesome. It looks great, and the music is absolute fire. That music is awesome, man. I love, <laughs> I love his presentation. That's probably my favorite part about him is the way they present this guy. 
Yeah, I'm super happy for him. You know, uh, and he's doing great with what it is. He's slow playing. The stupid Virginia fans try to do the what chant because they're idiots. And, uh, you know, he even switched up his cadence in his promo to kind of cut them off and then did the Punjabi. And then Cena comes down and he he, he does the Cena promo for him to kind of undercut him. And then Cena's only left with – it was kind of like the Eminem 8-mile bit. Like, oh, here's what you're going to say about me. You know what I mean? Along <laughs> right. those lines. So, yeah, yeah nothing left uh I, I liked it Cena gives him his respect for being in the best shape of his life and doing whatever he needs to wink wink uh you know <laughs> <laughs> and um then uh you know out comes uh brian daniels and uh and uh daniel bryan whatever you want to call him american i dragon. love how you always uh, come up with the indie <laughs> names like the obscure names that nobody knows i mean i'm sure most people know like or some know that it's brian danielson but like you never call him by the wwe name it's hard and for me i get i get messed it's up so in my head. it's so funny though that i hear that <laughs> like uh brody lee i think for luke harper you say all the time and i'm like that's hilarious <laughs> i was just at a party at his house like three weeks ago he looks awesome so, <laughs> well because uh, you like you say it and it's like so normal to you but like the wwe fan that <laughs> listens to this show is like what the hell is he Who's talking Brooklyn? about <laughs> yeah. yeah man so i luckily i don't call him by his shoot name i try not to but uh it, you know i feel like an old grandma going through the the family list where she's trying to call out somebody <laughs> and she goes through all your cousins and your brother and what oh yeah <laughs> my, my, my dad will like, do that he'd be like my my call jim <laughs> with john <laughs> what's your name jim get over here yeah <laughs> Yeah, after a while, he's just like, just come here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go help your grandpa bring in the groceries. But yeah, that's that's definitely how it goes through my head after working it's with guys so in a bunch of different feds, and then they get rebranded X amount of times. Like, because sure. you're you're saying the names of shows that like you know they're probably big shows, but it's not like WWE and this big machine. No. You hear their names all the time, but you instead still fall back to every time Brody Lee, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brody, and Brian yeah. Danielson, so, Brian Daniels or Daniel Bryan is switching it around, messing my head. So he comes out anyway and uh and he says cena you don't make the rules here and you know big pop another kind of surprise because we saw shane if you see shane usually you don't see him they kind of been trading off back and forth where one will be on the phone the other one will be there and yada yada Mm -hmm. so another surprise tonight for the virginia crowd uh they're they're pumped to see him and uh, he says you got to earn it here and uh, he says you're going to earn it against shinsuke nakamura so another big huge match announcement and for next week so uh Pumped pump to see it, and that went kind of crazy. Yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see how this goes too, because I I again, like I said, I felt kind of relieved to see okay Shinsuke finally had that match that I thought was good, and now to see him up against John Cena, and that's when because that's kind of when I thought AJ Styles really hit his stride. Like AJ Styles was good, he's always been always good, do. but like when he when he found out, or I think when it clicked for him how to do things his way, and then also incorporate that into the WWE style, it was when he took on John Cena, and that's yep. when I thought AJ Styles hit the floor running, and I'm hoping for the same with Shinsuke. It was the same with Owens too. It's kind of the test of are you ready to be a main eventer? And I'm going to show you how to be a main eventer, and you can do your bits and your matches. But when it comes time to do payoffs, this is the way it goes. And there's nobody better who's been in more than than John. Uh, you know, consummate professional. And uh, it'll be interesting, no matter if they're doing the Cena sucks stuff or what have you, whatever city they're in. They're gonna they can get that stuff in in the beginning, but <laughs> six minutes into the match, they're going to be marking out saying this is awesome because. It's Right. It's going to be great. 
And I just love it because it's John Cena had that moment for himself. I think he points to it all the time, his, his feud with Edge, and saying like he learned so much, and that's when he really got it. And to sure. see him do that for these guys, it's people can knock on Cena all they want, but that stuff's really cool to me. To see him do that with Kevin Owens, and then Kevin Owens can hit the floor running and, and gets it. AJ Styles, he's been in wrestling the longest time, IWGP, TNA, this wrestler who's been wrestling his entire life and then John Cena teaches him this is how it this is how things are done AJ Styles hits the floor running and better than I think he's ever been and now maybe you do that with Shinsuke and I it gets me really excited because to see how John Cena went through that and him continuing to do that for these guys it's really cool to see for me did it for Orton and he did it he's gonna do it for gender too that's that's Terry Funk ECW Oh, I can make this guy. Oh, oh, I can make that guy. I can make this guy. If, if you've ever seen that clip where he's talking about that's why I was pumped about it. And he did. He made Raven. He made Dreamer. You know, all that kind of stuff. And that's just uh, just what you do is you become uh, great at your craft and you, you, pay, you pay it forward to the guys who got you there as well. And yeah. uh, become part of that elite club. It's, it's really interesting because I'm not a wrestler and I don't. I don't really know what it's like, but every time I hear those conversations, like when I hear John Cena uh, talk about it, that's something that I think he prides himself on. Like when in interviews, like, no, I'm not just burying people. Watch, I'm making people. And even that's the same thing that Edge was really adamant about was, you know, I helped to make kind of John Cena. And he was he was proud of that challenge. And that's why I I even listened to his podcast and Edge saying that he would have loved to have challenged himself to get Roman Reigns over. And it's funny how wrestlers like really take that as a challenge, and yep. uh, it's interesting to me why you know, what the mindset I, I don't is. To say like um you know in that class of those guys yet, but I, I try and do the same thing. Rob Conway, Iron Man, Rob Conway from La Resistance came to OVW and made us, and we had a chance to work with a lot of high level people, whether it's Eugene or uh, Mick Foley at that time, and mm-hmm. and then when I'm in two CW. Uh, I'm giving guys the rub off my heel heat. And then I'm also, uh, you know, Dick Justice wasn't that well known before our big feud. And now he's on impact and he gets in. He he it took my heel heat for his character to break out. And then once we had our year long feud, it was on after that. He got how to work and do his gimmick and what he needed to be. And then it just took off through the Indies and he became wildfire all over America and going to Europe and, and now on impact. So uh, that that's really what you're supposed to do in this business on a yeah. high level at the back end. Well, it's you hear about wrestling all the time and all the egos there and them wanting to be at the top and using that kind of egotistical thing about yourself of not just I could be at the top and I'm the best here, but hey, I can get any of these guys over anytime I want. Oh, Shinsuke? Yeah, I know what I can do with them. I know what can yep. help him out. And that is, that is an awesome thing to use maybe something bad like your ego that could get in the way and use it to do something great like help guys like AJ Styles, Kevin Owens, and Shinsuke hit the floor running in WWE. I love seeing that happen. Yeah, you're not going to be around for long if you're just worrying about your own ego and keeping yourself over. Yeah, exactly. Um, Aiden English and Mike Kanellis took on Sami Zayn and Ty Dillinger. I was kind of thinking this may have been outside the box and kind of uh, just maybe too far out there, but did Sami Zayn and Ty Dillinger not look like a pretty solid tag team? 
No, they they did, and uh, you know, I think Ty Dillinger can work with anybody, and him and Sammy probably tied together plenty in NXT, so this mm-hmm. might have been a throwback to a lot of house shows that they were on together. Um, but it did good business because the opener of the pay per view was uh, Aiden English and Ty, and a lot of people were kind of shocked that Aiden went over on that to start with a heel finish when you want your crowd to be hot and up and pumped, and they were so with it. And they actually gave those guys a lot of time, and they did a lot of false finishes, which took off. You can only see so many false finishes on a show, and by, Mm -hmm. I think, end of New Day, first opening segment, there was 14 false finishes. I was like, yikes. (laughs) Uh, And and that's what could have hurt the pay-per-view as well. but uh, and you know then we had uh, Sammy versus Mike uh, Canellis, so it was good business to wrap up in the pay per view, and they did look good together, and that can be one of those things where like, hey, we might have something here. We yeah. might have uh, a Sheamus and uh, Cesaro scenario. That's that's what I was thinking. I don't know if that was ever the plan with this, but it just felt like right seeing those two together, and it looked good as well so yeah it almost was like i was thinking man if they if somebody saw this and it clicked the same way it did for me maybe we could be seeing Sami Zayn and ty dillinger because it certainly i had that moment like i certainly did where i was watching it and thought wow these guys are uh pretty solid together like Sami Zayn's not doing much huh that's dangerous too because if those guys both want to be singles wrestlers, and this is kind of the dirtbag side of wrestling, I don't want to say yeah. either of these guys would do it <laughs> from what I know of them. But if you want to stay singles and you go out and have a great match, you know they're going to be scratching their heads and stroking their chins, being like, "Hmm, what do we got here?" So they, if they want to stay singles, they may tune it down to not have the greatest matches, so they can just be a throw together thing like that. Because otherwise, that could become a regular thing for sure. I could see that happening. See, that's the part of wrestling. I just always like, I, I just, <laughs> man, I never want to get into stuff like that, but it's true. Like you can think like, well, if I have a good match here, they might actually keep me in this tag team. So it'll be an okay match. Like I won't, I won't do everything great. Like I'll just be okay. And they'll think, ah, it was all right. Good. We don't have to put yeah, you in a tag. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's a definitely a fine line to walk. And there's some guys who do that instead of being like, let's go out there and, give it our all which they did and i i don't i'm not claiming that no not not with them but it's funny because i can see that happening it it happens it happens in the scumbag world of wrestling (laughs) but uh we got new day being attacked by the usos before they even came out and was i think what of course needed to see from the usos like that's something that we expect them to do yeah that was a good that was a good jump start instead of going through uh saying the name of the town and having the crowd you know chant along and they know it's too sweet to be sour and clap your hands and all that bs and you heard you heard before you saw the beat down going on and the crowd was like hey wait they're not saying their stuff and they had to listen in and the crowd went silent and they instantly put heat on uh, on the usos and i like that hot jump start like that in the back i'm surprised we didn't see it a little bit of them getting jumped you know yeah, it would have been cool if all of a sudden it cuts to like the camera angle backstage and you kind of see like because I think people like that kind of almost look yeah. behind the curtains a bit. And if you got that camera angle of like, oh, wow, this is where they do that voice thing and they're now getting their asses kicked in it. So, so yeah, that might no, have been I cool. would agree with you, but I think this kind of worked for okay. not doing it for some reason, you know? Yeah. Okay. Just kind of build the suspense a little bit more of like what the hell is going on back there. Yeah, absolutely. And it did. You saw they cut to the crowd and the crowd was like, hey, wait a minute. I think I hear something because they're not doing their chant and we want to do the chant. And then 
boom, out come the Usos and yeah. the heat was on them instantly instead of seeing that and then waiting for them to react. The crowd was in the moment with them too. So I think it worked, but uh, it could have gone either way. Yeah, and my my favorite thing about this was we really saw Xavier Woods get his butt kicked. And I think I think that was on purpose because I, I, people took notice of that video and what Xavier Woods said. And everybody was really sympathetic and like, you know what? Good for Xavier Woods. We feel good about this guy. And the first person and the the person you see get their ass kicked the most is Xavier Woods. And so that's yeah. something I, I really liked. Like that's a little attention to detail that maybe it wasn't on purpose, but if it was, that's the attention to detail that I like. That Xavier Woods was the one that everybody was really, you know, happy for. And he's the one getting his ass kicked the most now. Or was there just heat on him backstage for getting over in that promo that they didn't write for him? <laughs> like, you're getting squashed right out of the gate. <laughs> yeah, we're supposed <laughs> to get you over. Way, yeah. bro, that's the dark side <laughs> of wrestling. <laughs> it's like, uh, I don't know if you ever watch Friends, but it's like Joey saying in Friends, like, I, I write my own lines in the soap opera, and the writer's like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> like, you, yo, you get over in your lines. Let's see if you can get over on this. And they kill off his character. So you might be right. Like, oh, Xavier, you want to have a good promo without us? Yeah, you're going to get your ass kicked today. <laughs> I would yeah. never watch Friends, Joe Come on. I know that, Ben. Come on. <laughs> All right. Out of kayfabe. Do you watch Friends? Yeah. No, never. Never watched an episode. I think it's one of the worst shows in the history of mankind. Damn it. God. Yep, it sucks. I'm so white. <laughs> um, Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho, AJ Styles, triple threat match. Um, usually I like to let you just go ahead on these matches because uh, you're very good with that. Um, so kind of what did you see from this? What you like? Uh, what I liked is a story that was very interesting of uh, we know what your offensive packages are and we're going to stop them before you complete them and we're going to do triple downs. We, we've talked about the double down before. Mm-hmm. Both guys are down selling. So whether it's a, on a save or whether it's on a sequence, or whether it's on um, just uh, the move itself, all three guys were laid out four times in the ring, and every one of them was far different than the other one was. And the way their timing was and the way it played out, and a lot of the the cutoffs were vicious. There was one where AJ's going up to do the 450, and they, he kicks the ropes out, and he just takes a wicked hangman on there. The, the other ones with the kicks where uh, – get the super kick in on Jericho or on uh, on um AJ excuse me and then mm-hmm. Jericho comes in with the insiguri on uh, and, and catches that one and then AJ comes with a Pele kick and boom they're all down uh, in that respect a uh, couple where the one where he's got um, Kevin Owens in the uh, walls of Jericho and then AJ comes in for the save and they're all down and out in Beverly Hills that way there's there's a lot of really great stuff yeah I think far different than what we've seen in other triple threat matches um so i i thought it was one of the most brilliant ones i've seen and it really set up for what i think is going to happen with this title which is i think owens is going to win it back next week i think they're going to hot potato it back and forth and then maybe put a stipulation on it as whoever wins it at the end of, in, in SummerSlam. I'm never fighting you again uh Ooh. aj styles kevin owens in in that respect Right. I could see that to where it's back and forth, back and forth. And then finally, like SummerSlam, like that's it. That's the final it. battle. And I'm yeah. whoever wins, that's it. I'm done with you. I've had enough with you, AJ Styles. I'm not, I'm never going to fight you again. You're never getting another title shot again. Mm-hmm. And then 
Jericho goes over on Owens and gives AJ a title shot, and Owens is pissed about it. Absolutely, <laughs> yes, that is absolutely <laughs> beautiful. How that would play out, that would be fantastic. Uh, but so. one thing, yeah, I liked uh, too. You were talking about um, kind of how they were breaking up the holds and stuff. I love the lion salt while AJ Styles yeah. was doing the calf crusher. I'm like, it man, that too, man. Yeah, it looked devastating. Looked like it killed all three of them. I'm like that is genius like very good stuff so yeah watching that just a lot of fun aj styles new champion and i think you kind of uh said what you would like to see out of it so um maybe a little bit of hot potato you get a really cool like this is it SummerSlam match between aj styles kevin owens that would be a lot of fun but kevin owens getting on the mic after the match saying like this is not fair all of it wasn't fair um i i kind of like this because you could you could look at it and think, well, yeah, that's not fair. You know, Kevin Owens, I mean, no. sure, if he took on AJ, what you, now he's taking on Chris Jericho, too. It's, I don't know, it's maybe not fair. What's a real believable heat for him? His character, yeah. and, and he, he believes it. And it felt very Owen Hart to me, which I know Owens' is favorite. He named his son after Owen Hart. So um, I think he was channeling a little bit of Owen there. But that's what our, our heel should do. It should be, I'm a victim of circumstances, just like Pro Wrestling Blitz screwed Ben Hameen out of his title shot two times. <laughs> now I'm going back for the third one uh, in this uh, winner-take-your-claim-your-title-shot match. And my heat's real. I have been screwed out of it twice, and that's... That's just how it was. So uh, he, he does have a gripe. It might not be one that where they just hand him something, but that's going to drive his emotion and character. And when he wins it back, it'll mean that much more to him. And then when he loses it again, won't that drive him up the wall? And that's what we really want to see is his reactions to those things. It's not about if he's really the champ. It's about holding on to it or not. Yeah, um, I loved it. Uh, this was a really good show, I would say, I'm- overall. And it's it's interesting how the next two shows are going to be like next week is going to feel like to me a pay-per-view almost. And it's yeah. it's odd how we go from Battleground to maybe the worst pay-per-view show. I know there's been a lot in history, but I've ever seen that was maybe the worst of the worst. And then to go have a show like this and then to set up a card next week where you got AJ Styles and Kevin Owens and John Cena and Shinsuke. It's like, damn, two weeks of some really good programming for SmackDown. And that's got me interested in to see how maybe they could uh, keep this up or what it sets up heading into SummerSlam. Because it's still a, a little while till you get the SummerSlam. So you can do something like this to and set up things. We've already got our main event for, for Raw already. It's just a matter of time before they name the one for SmackDown after next yep. week. So I, I love it. Uh, this show today was uh, tonight in SmackDown was very good. I think next week, setting up to be very good as well. So, Ben Hameen, let's wrap things up. What you got going on? Where can we find you? Crazy, man. Uh, at Ben underscore Hameen, as always. And uh, tomorrow, I'm recording with the Conspiracy Horseman, my new show with uh, Stevie Richards, Greek God Papadon, and Big Sal from ECW. Um, and we're going to be talking about artificial intelligence because that's been a hot topic. Real crazy stuff going on with that. I'll be on Impact Attack with my man Big Ray recording that Friday to review Impact as well. Saturday, I'll be doing iHeartRadio Live, Truth Frequency Radio, The Infinite Fringe. I was on the Disruption Network today, if you want to tune in on that. Gave a, did a $5 face slap on uh, the DJ over there, so that was a good day for me. And then uh, this weekend, I'm at Roman Dynasty with uh, Dynasty Pro Wrestling, defending my tag titles with Assad King versus the Spirit Squad, those infidel morons. 
The week after that is headlocks and home runs with Upstate Pro Wrestling, and that's got Abyss, Hornswoggle, Teddy Long, Bobby Fish, and the Moron Spirit Squad if they make it that far. And then uh, that's Rochester on 8-5. And then 8-12, I return to Chirac with the whole Lucha Underground cast, John Morrison, his fine-looking woman there, and I'll be taking on all comers in the give-me-my-title-shot match, and I will be victorious, morons. So follow me at bin underscore Hameen for all the $5 face-slapping action in uh, hackerhameen.podbean.com or hackerhameen on iTunes. All the work will be right up there. Yeah, I don't have that much going on. You're going to make me <laughs> seem like like the main event just went on before you know the show ends. But uh, yeah, I'm. you can just follow me on Twitter at jjansen34. And I do have an interview with Seth Rollins that I did that if anybody wow. wants to check out. Uh, it was a lot of fun, yeah, for the radio station. It was cool. Uh, so check that out. They posted a post on WrestleZone. So just search up Seth Rollins and uh, check it out. It's really cool um, doing that. So yeah, check that out if you can. But not really much going on other than that because... Uh, I do a show every day from 5 to 6. So if anybody wants to listen to ESPN Fayetteville 100.1, go ahead. You can do it. Uh, yeah, but congratulations on the new gig, man. We're thank happy you. for it. Thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been hectic, but uh, adult life is definitely interesting. All the ladies of Fayetteville out there, there's a new man on the scene. <laughs> so uh, put your <laughs> lipstick on and get out there. Young Buck, he's ready to rock. And on that note... That's it for this edition of SmackDown Good Rebellion. Good to be with you. Good Briz. Good brother. 